You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure as always to be your host. We've really nothing to talk about this week and as you see we've got a panel here, we're going to be talking about very little, no, you know Scottish football, that's not the way it works. We did have this panel set up before before Saturday so let's just say this wasn't a quick organisation, this has been planned in a few days in advance for a potential catastrophic weekend. Welcome back to the show Mark Wilson, Mark, how are we doing this weekend? Hi Scott, fine, thank you. I'm wearing the colour of the weekend, red, um, <laughs> and respect to John Lundstrom and Alfredo Morelos and the thuggery at the weekend, so I thought I'd come out in support of our officials this weekend. And the hardest working official in the in the country this weekend, Charlie Richmond. Charlie, we've got a lot to go through. How are we? Thanks for coming on. No problem, Scott. Uh, delighted to be here. I'll try and get across as many uh, decision ex- explanations as I can, but sometimes I cannot defend the indefensible. Right, let's just get into it. We've got a lot to get through. Let's just get started. We'll start at Easter Road on Saturday. Hibs 2, Rangers 2. Rangers were 2-1 up, obviously down to nine men. Uh, Josh Campbell with a last-minute goal, securing a point for Hibs. Charlie, we're, we're, we're as well starting with the, the obviously the talking points of the weekend. Six referee decisions, I would say, here from Willie Collum. I'm going to just ask you one at a time what you think. We'll go to Wilson, ask for his thoughts, and then we'll obviously get a chat about the game. The first one, the penalty, Hibs penalty, Rocky Bashiri, is that a penalty? For me personally, no. There is a pull, a contact, but there's not enough. This is what we've, and, and it's going to be a common trend tonight. As much as referees have made bad decisions, players need to start taking a bit more responsibility on what's actually happening to them. Now, Bashiri does make a bit of contact, but the, the boy goes down like a sack of tatties. And I don't think there's enough there to generate that going down. So for me, in that particular incident, I'm not awarding a penalty kick. What about the one up the park with Hibs, the one Bashiri gets filled with Tavernier, is that a penalty? Again, that's not a penalty kick for me because can Tavernier really pull him down? He should be standing tall and going to win that ball. As a diff... There's a different kettle of fish if he's grappling right run it and takes him out of the game. But when it's just a small tug or when it's just a small bit of contact, players need to take responsibility and say, am I really getting pulled here or am I just throwing myself in the ground to try and make the referee make a decision? And what I will say is the two incidents are exactly the same. So the award of a penalty or the non-award of a penalty should be for both of them. There should not be one as one and the other 
as not. Well, this is the one thing I want to kind of get your thoughts on that the the word consistency. The John Lundstrom gets sent off for the tackle on Martin Boyle. There's one before that where Jake Doyle Hayes gets booked for a tackle on John Lundstrom. They're very similar, I would say. I think it's that thing. If you're sending one off, you need to send the other off and vice versa. What do you think of them? Were they yellows or reds? For me, they're both yellow card tackles. The Doyle Hayes one is is probably more into the category of a yellow card because of the, the, the taking down scissor action um, for there. But they're both to stop promising attacks. Now, football is about playing football. And you've got to watch again is that, oh, it's a professional foul. It's a taking out the game. But it's how he takes them out the game with regards to that side of things. So Doyle Hayes has come in and then caught. And for me, yellow card. Morelos. Morelos incident. Morelos incident, again, is a red card every day of the week because he's had one shot at him and then he's had another shot at him. And, there's, and that's what I'm talking about, defending the indefensible. That's a red card and the player needs to take responsibility with regards to that setup. The Lundstrom tackle, the Lundstrom tackle, and this is where I'm going to put a mitigating circumstances because Willie Collum is on the other side of the challenge. And all he sees, guys, is a straight high leg. And therefore, Martin Boyle goes down. What he doesn't see is the slightest contact to put him down. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Willie thinks it's a red card because of how high and straight the leg is. But what it actually is, is just a tap on his knee to bring his legs together to foul him down. And I think that's a yellow card. And I think, obviously, we're aware of that Rangers are going to appeal it. And I think that will be overturned. See, though, before I bring in Wilson, and as I say, Wilson, it's great to have Charlie on and a show that that's obviously here, like a a referee's point of view and things like that and kind of re-referee the game. But would VAR overturn any of them, Charlie, if it was in play? Like that's like we see the day, obviously, we're recording this on the Sunday with Kieran Trippier getting out his red card overturned on the park. Would VAR overturn any of the decisions that you, you feel are wrong? If, if we're looking at VAR, VAR's going to look at the red card incident and they're going to look at it and say, is this a clear refereeing error? And with the John Lundstrom, yes, it is. And it's a clear refereeing error from the position of the referee. He's looking at what he can see because the camera, if you're on the stand side at Easter Road, you've got a completely different view and opinion of that tackle. So therefore, the the whether the VAR official was in Scotland would bring Willie across and say, have a look at that. And then he makes his decision from there. Now, if Willie wants to turn around and say, no, I'm happy that's a red card, that's his prerogative. Yeah. And every referee has that option. But I think if he were looked at it from the other side, he would see that again, there's no a great lot of contact. All John Lundstrom wants today is stop that promising attack. Wilson, 
you've we've heard obviously Charlie's input, and again, it's great to hear obviously an ex referee's input. What was your thoughts? I mean, I'm I'm very much you know if see see if the let's just go to Lundstrom tackle. If the Lundstrom ta- tackle was in a game, Motherwell v Kilmarnock, this would not be getting the media exposure that it's got. You know, again, I think the the John Lundstrom tackle has taken over the tackle yesterday at the Ross County Kelly game. I think just because it's Rangers or Celtic, you know, a, a whole meal has been made about this. Going back to the the refereeing decisions. To be honest, I, I I probably agree with Charlie. I didn't think either were penalties, to be honest. But to go on Charlie's point about players need to take responsibility, that, that is a no-win situation for a referee because there's no honest players out there that's not going to do that. Every single player that feels that touch from Bashiri or that wee slight pull from uh, Taverne is going to go down. So I, I think you're back, you're, you're going up the, the, the wrong road with that, to be honest. I agree with you in principle, absolutely. Players need to take responsibility, but that ain't going to happen in Scottish football. There is absolutely no way. Um, again, I was as shocked as everybody else. When the Lundstrom tackle went, and it's one, take one for the team, that's a booking. And then when he sent him off, I'm thinking, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I genuinely couldn't believe it. The guys on the panel at Sky were a, were a wee bit the same. And I'm thinking to myself, is it because maybe Martin Bowles that quick he can run the full length of the pitch, or is it, you know, it was just it was a mistake. But again, and going back, and we'll touch on this later. I still don't get why Willie Collum can't come out and speak to the cameras after the game and say, "That's me," because I think what the conspiracy theories that I know Scott's a big fan of in Scottish football, um, well, he'll even it up. So the next time. You know, Colach takes a dive in the box at Parkhead, he'll get the penalty, you know. It's, it's a no-win situation for the referees, but I, I still don't get why they can't just come out and say, I've had a shocker there. And getting overturned still doesn't help Rangers. Or, no, but he's you know, not allowed to. Lundstrom won't get a suspension, but it doesn't help in terms of what they would possibly perceive as dropping two points. But that's the thing. But Willie Collum, sorry guys, Willie Collum is not allowed to come out in the media. That's what I'm saying. His he, opinion. he should be allowed to come out and say exactly as you've said, I, I was on the wrong side there. Yes. I, 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 but from so from where I was, I thought that was a red card. And I actually think maybe not at the time, but see when maybe it dies down. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst might look at it again and say, see from where he is, I'd probably send that guy off. And I and I yeah. think it would kind of you know relax all these things, but because we're in the west of Scotland, because of the whole Celtic Rangers things, it gets completely blown blown out of all proportion. But I think this is a fantastic weekend. I don't think you could get a better weekend than this weekend for the refereeing department at the SFA to come out and take some time in a media show and explain this is the correct decision, this is the wrong yeah. decision, this is the and try and educate and try and get the punter. I, I don't get me wrong, I, I can't stand BBC Scotland now, but you're putting on and you're getting punters saying... Is that punters... because Rory Lloyd's on it, Charlie? <laughs> no, I wrote, I'm a good old friend, Rory. <laughs> so you're getting pundits saying it's a free kick in the box, but it's not a penalty. Yeah, no, that was the so thing. How that does that work? And that's totally blinkers. Surely so if it's a, a foul, like, surely, aye, surely like, that, that's an interesting <clears> point. That was something I kind of wanted to bring up. If it's a foul in the box, aye, as you say, it's a penalty. So if it's a foul... 100%. So I don't... But, 
there's this thing that I've kind of got, and I think Colum's bad for it, and I think you'll, you can obviously tell me if I'm right or wrong. I think the problem is, is that when there's incidents where a, a referee like Colum, he's so quick to bring cards out, it just turns into... I saw it today with Clancy when the Celtic Hearts game, which I watched. So, it just it's, it's just get a card out straight away. It's not like let the game go, which I just think it's... It's this thing, and it's just it's it's is it attention? Is it kind of making the game about him? I don't know, but it's just like bringing so many cards out. Card happy, I think, is the phrase for it. And but I that's think, a nature of Willie Collins refereeing I, for the yeah. up ten years. It's as if you get the card out, you sell the decision. Mm-hmm. Aye, yeah, bang, something. yeah, yeah. And, and he's 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 out the top pocket. Whereas sometimes you've seen <laughs> that's a red card. One, two, three, four. Take out the card. I'm still, I'm still, it's a red card. Or, whoa, wait a minute here. That can he, that looked a red card. And, 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 and what do you think, guys? What do you think? And we'll come on to communication on another game. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? No, I don't think it, right, okay. Oh, yellow card. That looked a right, the right decision for that. But that's Willie's nature. Willie's nature is always, oh, 100 mile an hour. Yeah. Sprint to the incident, get there, rather than just, Get up there at a gentle pace um, for there. But again, I'd say, going back to your point on player responsibility, if that's vice versa, Boyle on Lundstrom, equally the Rangers players would be surrounding column, desperate to get them sent off. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you need to get away for as well. Let the referee make the decision um, for there. Getting in your face, get away out the road. In regards to that setup, and be honest, because if it happens the other way about, if that player gets a bit of contact and goes down and gets a penalty, he's, he's, he's won that decision. If it happens in the other penalty box, you can't then slate the player for doing the same thing. But in my my analysis, the two of them should be standing up and playing the game and carrying on with the game. I totally get you, Mark. Players would cheat their granny. To get that win bonus, a hundred percent, and I've had it in my face, and I've had it in, in dressing rooms many, many years. But they really need to start. Oh, football players are role models, and this, that, and the next thing. They really need to start acting like the role model that they are meant to be, because particularly for higher profile games, what happens on the pitch can spill into the terracing and into the streets after a game. Speaking on the game, Wilson, it was a, it was one of those games where I don't think either side particularly played great. I thought Rangers were very passive. Just, again, I, something with Rangers so far this season, I think they've, they play the football, they just don't have really a kind of killer instinct so far. But what was the kind of overall thoughts of the game? Was it a draw right result? Again, I think it's still early in the season, and and again, Rangers are obviously playing the last couple of weeks, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, whatever it is. Um, I, yeah, I agree to it. Certainly, there's a wee bit lack of quality, but it was a kind of good old fashioned SPL game, you know. As I say, you're obviously expecting Rangers with, be, with better players, you know, you know, to go out and win the game. And I thought when Lawrence was a really good goal he scored, mm-hmm. um, I thought that, that 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 would be at curtains. And then I, I some I sometimes think, you know, again we're keep going back to the referee's decisions, you know, sometimes the players think, it's a, it's a wee bit of panic sets in, you know, and then, I mean, I didn't see the Tavernier interview after the game, but 
I don't know what Morales is thinking. I, I, I genuinely don't. You know, d- down to 10 minutes, bag enough. You know, if you're, you're up 2 1, just get men behind the ball, start looking for corners. You know, it's a bit of frustration, though, because he's no playing and he's, tr- he's getting back to fitness. He's what he can make an impact, and it just is a kind of I, moment. Of, do, do you know what I think his frustration it. is? I think his frustration is not getting a move. I don't think he wants to be there. I think he, I, I touched on this the first week I was on in terms of, you know, maybe the likes of Ryan Kent, Glenn Kamara. Now, they've, they've done excellent for Rangers, no doubts about that. But they've saw Bassey getting a move, Aribo's getting a move, who looks pretty much Southampton's star player at the, the start of the season. And they'll be thinking, wait a minute here, how, how did nobody come in and can I, can I buy me? And I think uh, Morales thinks that as well. I think he's, well, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Don't think it's it's getting to do it. I sometimes think he's he's a crowd pleaser and you know tries to play to the gallery too much. But of a badge kisser, kind of the mould, kind of natural novo was it what was a wee bit. But and I say he's been a great player for him and a great goal scorer. But he, he looks out of shape. He looks unhappy. You know maybe he wants to be the main man. And uh, Van Bronckhorst was out and signed you know three or four forward players. Is he thinking his days are numbered and kind of nobody's wanting them? You know, he's going to get, get left on the shelf because, again, you, you guys will watch a lot more Rangers games than me. Even if everyone in that squad's fit, does Morales start? I think that's I the problem. I think that's the problem. He sees it for there. But I remember a guy saying to me, what's the best thing a centre-forward can do to make any sort of statement? Is put the ball in the back of the net. Put the ball in the back of the net and let that day you're talking. I agree with you, Mark. I think he's frustrated that he hasn't got that move out to to the Premiership or, or to to Europe. And that's what's laying on his mind. But to come in and do that it is beggars bewilders. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. And that and, and that and that's where, you know, again and I know it happens quite a lot. It's not just the Rangers down to timing, down to, down to nine men. And I know it's only four games into the season, but it was it was crazy, and his is a hundred percent red card, as Willie Coleman, Charlie, Charlie have said. But I think that's again, that's 100%. I, I still didn't think the Habs equaliser was coming. I still didn't think they created. You know, I think uh, McLaughlin's at the headed save; he's near post, um, and I think he's, he's punched one. Um, well, it was going straight down his throat, and then the boy Campbell's just hit a world, hasn't he? Probably yeah. never saw that in his life. Yeah. Um, but again. And I know you on social media, and I know we shouldn't really talk about social media, but the, the Rangers fans seem flat as well in terms of they're a wee bit, you know, worried about the performances. You know, I thought the game, the midweek game against Payne, I thought it was a great game. I really, yeah, I really, really did. Game. It was end to end. It was two teams going for it. But again, and going back, and we touched on this after the Rangers Comarnock game as well, it is so hard. It does, I don't care how good a team you are. See when eleven men are behind the ball, it's so hard. It's it's very very difficult um, to, to to break down. And as I say, a wee bit. And, but teams are going to do that against Celtic Rangers. That's just the nature of the game up here. We'll move on to the mm-hmm. D United now. St Marin three. Curtis made a double and Alex Grieve were third for St Marin. Wilson, fair to say, a massive one for St Marin, but big big problem so far at the D United after that Altmar defeat. Uh, they, they aren't half, I tell you. Um, you, you would expect possibly, and, and it, to be fair, it's it was a kind of tough game going to Tynecastle after the European thousand. Um, but home to St Martin. I mean, I, as I said, I think one of my predictions in the first show of the season 
It was about managers losing their jobs. Um, it's not looking very favourable. I mean, I don't actually know what Dundee United's next game is. But I, with the greatest respect to St Martin, I think any team in the SPL gets beat 3-0 at home to St Martin, then <laughs> they'd be starting to, to look at the manager. Um, as I say, Hearts was, was a tough one. But as I say, it wasn't as if, you know, it was a performance you thought oh, Dundee United were unlucky. Um, you know, they were, they were given a going over by St Martin. Um, the Marins next, uh, the United's next game is at home to Celtic. Well, again, that's the, that's the Sky game next week. Well, again, you know, form sometimes get out the window with these things. But if Celtic did, for example, what he did to Kilmarnock a couple of weeks ago, then I certainly do fear for for Jack Ross's position because that, that's just the, you know what, what happens. I mean, I've heard wee rumours against social media falling out with a couple of the players and and whatnot and. The way the way he's set up and all that, but on paper they've got some really good players, you know. You know, well, three weeks ago I, when they beat Almar every Majority, when they beat Almar on the first leg, you were thinking yeah, that's yeah. a top team. Levitt could play for Man United's first team, and Fletcher could play here, there, and everywhere. And it's it's really he's came down, crashed into the ground. I, I can I wonder sometimes, it may be just the shock of the Almar result away from home, yeah. but I wonder if the players have lost confidence in him after the Almar result. You know, that because was- I mean. Sorry. No, on you go. As, as I say, sometimes if, if, if that's what's happened in the dressing room, has he privately blamed the players for it? And the players are thinking, wait a minute here. You know, you don't know what, what, what goes on, but it's very worrying times. Not necessarily for Dundee United, but for Jack Ross. Charlie, St Mirren, obviously a massive result for them, but again, like Curtis Main scoring a double, big, he's going to be a big player, obviously, for a team like St Mirren who need goals. But... Falling up in the Dundee United point, there's massive confidence problems there. If you, you don't know Sheen out home to St Mirren, in my opinion, unless you're really, really out of form. No disrespect to them, but they're not a team that should be taking goal, taking three goals at home off anybody at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dundee United would probably see that as a good opportunity to bounce back and, and try and get three points on the, on the board because, again, it's the same players that Tam Courts had mm-hmm. and, and they worked for them. And I, I got to agree with you, uh, Mark. Sometimes a seven-nil thumping can really last for a good few weeks. Um, and how you jail back, and how you see people make mistakes, and and the guy beside you, that would show up a lot of of errors with regards to there. Curtis Main is is a man of many clubs, and and he's struggled at a few clubs, and is often running. If he can keep that confidence up, score goals, then everything's about confidence with regards to there. Uh, and on that incident, when we were talking about referees, I thought St Munn should have had a penalty earlier in the game with a handball, the ball clearly striking the guy's arm out in a in an unnatural position, as we say, from that point. But great confidence <coughs> for St Munn. Um, again, you've highlighted that Dundee United are at home is Celtic. Now, Having been in the middle of the games, they're no easy. Um, Jack Ross, I believe every manager secretly will get points for that, will get points for that. I don't think Jack Ross would think the D United will get points next week. But what it does now is potentially put more pressure on them to try and get something. Yeah. But what will stem the flow? Once you get the, the supporters against you, it becomes very difficult because chairman listened to the supporters with regards to there. Mm-hmm. Jack Ross, a nice guy, had many a conversation with him, but 
sometimes it's not the nice guy that wins all the time. Yeah, and obviously it's a massive win for St Marin and <clears throat> puts pressure into the United. We'll move on to the next game I want to talk about. Motherwell 1, Livingston 0. Charlie, we'll stay with you because this to me is the worst decision of the weekend because Nick Walsh to me, it's not a penalty because it hits off the, the boy Montano's chest, but the linesman's impeded by the boy Lamy. So where's, how's he then changing his mind to then give a penalty? Because it looks to me that he just looks at Sean Goss who's pleading for the penalty and then gives it. That to me just, how's he changed his mind? Because his linesman can't be giving him a, a concrete view of a penalty in my opinion. It's not a penalty either. It's, uh, television evidence shows it's not a penalty because it hits him high up on his left side ribcage. <laughs> Yeah, the player doesn't help himself, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong by raising his arm to to let the ball go out. The player would actually be better keeping his arm by his side and letting the ball hit his get out. So again, a wee matter of mat for players is when the ball comes to your chest, don't raise your arms up. Keep your arms down from that point. Now, there's a decision to be made of whether it's a goal kick, corner kick, and Nick Walsh comes round. And all of a sudden, he's starting listening. And I think Nick has been advised from that assistant referee to give the penalty kick. And he's seen the arm go up and he's seen the ball move off its tangent. And that's why I think they've came collectively at that decision. I don't think Nick has gave the decision 100%. I think he's been instructed by his assistant referee who could potentially as well take into consideration the reaction of the Motherwell player and seeing the Livingston player's <laughs> arm up. It's a wrong gamble. decision. It's collectively gamble. a wrong decision. But how would you how would you have got to that decision? <coughs> but surely you've got to be 100% confident in your own decisions. Yeah, hundred. I agree with you, and I think the linesman is that. I think the linesman is looking at it, and he's a hundred percent seeing that because of the arm up from the Livingston player, where it hits, where it goes, and the reaction of the Motherwell player, I think that's what he thinks he sees. It's a weird one because I the just a video that looks it looks as if the Nick Walsh can he see it? And no disrespect to Nick Walsh because it hits the left side of the player. And Nick's over his right hand shoulder, so I don't think Nick is in the right position for a for a, a cross into the box. But I don't think he can see it. So I think the emphasis is on the far side assistant referee, and he's he's given it because Nick would say something maybe like, "Did that hit his hand?" And he could come back and say, yeah. "It's a penalty. It's a penalty. It's hit his hand." Yeah. Again, it doesn't help Livingston's cause, but I actually think it's good that the linesmen are getting involved in trying to help the referees make decisions because I, th- I think the linesmen are, they're too busy hiding you know I, I, you see now quite a lot of times like there's a foul right in the corner flag and the referee gives it and then the linesman starts waving his flag after yeah. the rather than waving the flag first to signal to the referee so as I said it doesn't help David Martin when it's the wrong decision I think we can accept that but yeah, I, I'm quite glad the linesmen are now getting involved in trying to help the referee out. But funnily enough, Matt, a, a linesman can be involved because of communication. And, and because, and this is what we don't 
we don't hear these conversations and we don't see any reaction. So we automatically think he's no getting involved. When the linesman turns around and says, free kick, Nick, free kick, Nick, free kick, Nick, attacking team, then what's the point of him putting his flag up when Nick Walsh blows the whistle to give the free kick? When you won the communicator, when you won the mic up, the pre-match instructions were, if you see a free kick in front of you, yeah, buzz and give it. And that was because you couldn't talk. And that yeah. was the take it for there. So then when the referee gave the free kick, the linesman would come up and back him up. And that's what the assistant is doing. The assistant is backing up the decision so that he doesn't get pelters for the crowd or for the players, i.e., you're only two yards for that. Why are you not getting your flag up? I thought it was because the referee was headsets were just listening to the sash that lot. I didn't realize they could talk to each other. No, we do Come not on. condone that in this channel, but whilst Come you're going on, to, yeah, yeah. Go on, go on to the, up here. <laughs> going to the game, uh, Motherwell obviously Van Bean takes advantage of the penalty, continues Stephen Hamill's good start since getting the job. Again, it's been one of those kind of new manager bounces we talk about because Motherwell badly needed that after the start mm. they'd had, obviously, with, with Sligo. Hamill, again, young, young experienced manager, he's, he couldn't have got off to a better start, really. No, he's done very well. Um, I sometimes think, you know, in terms of uh, Motherwell fans, he's a Motherwell guy. He played a lots, lots of games for Motherwell captain, the club, etc., etc. So there is that, that kind of bounce. Although I did see an interview with Stephen O'Donnell, maybe maybe just after Graham Alexander had, had left, and it was it does it's nothing to do with the manager. We need players, you know. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily slaughtering Alexander. We've seen it was bodies in. You know, we'll do what we need to do. Um, but I'm, I'm pleased for Stevie Hamill. As I say, a bit of stalwart of the club and hope he does well. But as I say, from a commander point of view, I'm a bit worried about eight points behind them. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's probably a good point to pass on to He's a nice guy, actually, Stevie Hamill. He's a nice guy. He's got the club at heart and the supporters have got him at heart because yeah, of what he's done. It's a good mix. But we're talking about players again and players' reactions and stuff like that. Why does Van Veen come out in a media interview and say it's a stone wall 100% penalty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look at this galleries. Look at the galleries. Good. Well done. I would do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Komama, 1-0 defeat to Ross County. Ross County get their first one in the board of the season after a kind of tough start with the play well but no good results. But Wilson, 10 men Ross County winning against Komama. That's, it's not been a great start for your, your beloved Kelly. No. It hasn't. Um, I did think that would be a very, very tough game eh, going up there. And as I say, again, you can criticise in, I suppose, but a lot, a lot of the punters appear not happy with the shape of the team. Um, we're not getting the best use out of players like maybe McEnroy and all that. Should maybe be playing centre midfield, round wide left as a wing back. Um, it just seems nervous. I, I don't think um, there's much confidence in the goalkeeper. Either not, not that I didn't. I think he was to blame for the for the goal you know, yesterday, um, but it just it just seems a bit messy. And as I say, you know how much I admire and like Derek McInnes. I'm a wee bit concerned. You know, after um, getting horse for Celtic, his interview come out and said, "Well, we've played the team that finished fourth and the two best teams in the country. Our season starts now." And then his interview yesterday after the game was, "Well, that's us played four teams in the top six. You know, and I'm kind of, you maybe need to start 
you know, looking at something else here. Yeah, Ross County are a decent team, but um, again, and, and this is where I've, I've said on here before, I have no worries about Derek McInnes. Superb manager, great staff, and Paul Sheeran and Tony Doherty, Fraser Stewart, great staff. My worry is the players. I think we've got a great manager, but I think we've got players that are maybe just not cut out um, to play in the Premier League. Um, and, and that's what the worry is. And as I said, with only maybe, what, 10 days or something to the transfer window closes, I still think we need some new faces. Albeit, you know, Hemings injured, Jones is injured, Felfi Arsenal's injured. Um, been a wee bit unlucky in terms of that. But I just, for such a big game, and I know it's only four games in, but for such a big game, we got there and lose, not getting from it, and the manner of it, down to 10 men. Um it probably could have been nine men too. Absolute shocker challenges in that game as well. Um, it's it's a wee bit worrying. And then just as you've touched on there, Scott, Mullwell have got a wee bounce and that's who we play next Saturday at Rugby Park. And you're already thinking, you know, if Mullerwell were to come to Rugby Park and win, you know, they're now like 11 points or yeah. something in, in front of us. Um, and that's the teams we kind of need to be uh, putting up against. But I'd imagine we're a big crowd at Rugby Park next Saturday. And, you know, that's... Again, I don't know how many weeks in a row we can see right our season starts here, but it certainly does on Saturday. But yeah, as I say, I've, I've got faith in Derek McInnes. Absolutely does. Charlie, obviously, the the talking point to this game were the two challenges. Obviously, Callahan saw red for a handball later on, but should he have saw red earlier for a challenge and then there's a challenge after that? 100%. 100%. I think both those challenges are red card challenges. But can but um, when you look at Davy Monroe, he's consistent. He's punished one exactly the same as the other um, from that side of things. But for me, Callahan's challenge, he's got no well, he's no the boss no even anywhere near it. There's a there, there's a way of bringing somebody down to stop a promising attack, and there's a way he's serious. His legs are scissored and still wrapped around the commander player. And if you ever want to look at a video clip for a red card on serious foul play, that ticks every single box of the criteria. And what makes it even, or what makes it angry, or what makes the, the, the punters get on, is he actually gets sent off for a handball. Mm. And okay, it's a deliberate handball to stop that promising attack. But what he's what he's got away with. Uh, and also the second challenge as well, big centre half knocks the ball too far yeah. in front and then accelerates into the challenge with excessive force and catches the boy uh, McEnroy high. It looked really and bad at first. Like it. If his leg's in the ground, I think that's broken. Yeah. It's lucky enough that he, the force has actually knocked it up and therefore been able to take some of the the, the impact on it, but um, there were two two red card challenges for me. But the first one is is a a great example to to show a red card series foul play challenge. Well, uh, soon I think then. I think uh, McInnes will be, be disappointed in the nature the goal was lost, mm -hmm. the defending, uh, the ball bouncing about, a couple of opportunities to clear it uh, and then take it for there. And you're right, Mark, the quality of players. But I suppose you need to go out and sign players as well. If you're not happy 
and your first team goalkeeper's injured if you're not happy with the second goal, go and sign a better goalkeeper. That's things like that. Wilson, Ross County are they've they've kinda of had a kinda of stop start. They've played well but no get the results, but they will be delighted, I would say, to get a win in the board. Yeah, I think any team to get their first one of the season, you know, that's the momentum as I say, Malky Mackay and that squad did very well last year. Um and I think he'd maybe be hoping to can I continue that on? As I say, I don't think your know, many teams possibly in the lower ends of the league will go up there in one. Um, just with the, the journey and all that kind of stuff. And as I say, Ross County, they, they do try and get the ball down um, as much as they, the few rash challenges yesterday. They do try and play, which Malky Mackay's kind of instilled in them. But great great for them. Great great win for them. Um, but not, for, not, not the result I was expecting, to be honest. The last game on Saturday was St. Johnson now Aberdeen won. Aberdeen kind of dominated the game, but Charlie took a terrific free kick from Aberdeen's new player, Leighton Clarkson, to get the three points. The boy's setting the head on fire, isn't he? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of Madison, actually. Yes, yeah, and I took the words out of my mouth there, Scott. Yeah, very similar type of player, but that, but what a strike. Mm. What an absolute strike into the postage stamp. Uh, for that, a goal worthy of winning any game. And again, gets Aberdeen the, the points. Um, St. Johnston, they'll not like me saying, they're probably the kind of whipping boys at the moment um, from there, along with Indy United, if you want to look at it for there. But um, on the road, we've got three points for, for Aberdeen. Um, Callum said after the match, they weren't great in the first half, kind of wanted a wee reaction in the second half. Got it from them, but again, they'll be looking to try and pick up points as as quick as they can because, again, not a great season last season. And the last thing you want is for pressure to come on to you so early on this season. The best thing that could probably happen, I don't know what St. Johnson's next game is, best possible could go out and thump somebody 5 nothing or something like that. Well, so the problem I've got with St. Johnson is that they've are. Obviously, the their best game of the last season was the the game against Inverness, where they had to stay up. But they've not went and really improved. I would say this season they're not. They look very. It looks very oh, they, similar they, to last last year. I would say. Yeah, they'll they, they'll they'll be down kind of that neck of the woods again, um, as well. It's, it's a kind of funny one, St. Johnson. I, I think after obviously winning the trophies, Carl Davidson was riding the crest of a wave. I think you know. I would imagine any other club possibly after the season last year, the manager would probably get the bullet um, before. But then he, you know, he dug them out. He, he got them. He got me stay up. It'd probably be his target every season. Um, but as I say, they, they they will be down the nether reaches of the, of the league probably with one or two others, um, and it'll be close. I think it'll be quite close this year. I don't I don't see anyone possibly getting cut adrift. Um, I think maybe between twelfth and ninth. There might not be a lot of points and it will come down possibly to the this, this bottom six split to see who ends up in the playoff and who goes down. Charlie, the final game of the weekend in the Premiership was today. Celtic 2, Hearts 0, Kyogo Furuhashi with an early goal and Jack Marcus scoring really late on after Hearts were reduced to nine men. I watched the game, I thought Celtic were a bit similar to Rangers, a bit passive, scored an early goal, didn't really do much after that. Hearts kind of tr- tried to kind of stiffen them the nine men, losing the two men, it meant just Celtic. It was only a matter of time for Celtic scored and Jack and Marcus obviously 
finish the game off. But again, Celtic hundred percent record. They've started excellently so far this season. Yeah, and they have so, um, and that's all they'll be looking for. Just the three points to keep winning. Um, I listened to the the interview with Joe Hart, and he says we'll run Marine race hundred percent. Concentrate on yourself. Don't care what anybody else is done. Um, I think Celtic would probably get a week in a surprise from the team line that Hearts put out, bearing in mind their priority was, is obviously midweek in order to try and get progressing in Europe. And rightly so, you cannot uh, have a go at uh, <clears throat> Robbie Nielsen for that at all. Uh, the boys that he brought in, done well, stifled them, lost the, the first goal movement of uh, uh, Kyogo was fantastic. Need a battle down the wing and put it across. It's a great and ball in, yeah. Great ball in. And all he has to do, and that's what they're talking about, oh, he just needs to know. And if the ball's getting fired in at that, it's a case of just opening your foot out and direct it into the to the empty, well, past the goalkeeper into the empty net with regards to there. Yeah, Celtic will be pleased. Um, again, four cautions resulting in two players off. You could argue the first two uh, are, are um, clear to, uh, yellow cards. And then the second two were kind of on the soft side of things. But um, I think the, the, the last one, the, the push with regards to that side of things, uh, Kevin Clancy could have managed that. Um, because there's a Hearts guy about three yards coming in to make a make a challenge from there. Again, you could argue why is the player pushing them from that side of things. But uh, in that type of game, I think Kevin Clancy could have managed that situation rather than just card, 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 letter of the law, card, card, card. And and that's why sometimes as a referee, that's where you get to the top because of how you manage yeah. games, potential games, uh, seeing them out and also um, nothing games just being in the background with regards to there. But to sum it up, yeah, Celtic, delighted. It's three points. It's against Hearts. Hearts had other priorities. Wilson Celtic obviously have started with four wins, two points clear in the league. They'll be delighted with that start to the season. The thing is, as well, we talked about it, we've spoken about it before, the, the squad depth, I think, has just got so much better. You say you bring off Kyogo, who scored the first goal, and Giacomacchi scores the second. It's balancing that squad, and I think that's a big thing for Costa Coglu, and I think he's getting it spot on so far, because a, a bad that can come on as well. You've just got so much depth in there, I think, that, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the game. I didn't see. I'm not obviously watched sports channel because I'm on here. Uh, the highlights. I just kind of was getting um, the Sky Sports updates. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think the pleasing thing for Celtic is, as you say, Kyogo scoring goals. Jim Mack has come off the bench now two weeks in a row and scored. Um, the, the kind of versatility of the front, you know, five or six that they've got there. Uh, <laughs> And I, and I think Celtic will be fine in terms of that. But as I said, I know we'll touch on this late, in later weeks, egging on. I just don't know if that style of play is going to suit away at Liverpool or Real Madrid in the Champions League. Um, I'm quite sure Celtic will be happy just to be in the Champions League. But as I say, I think that's when the, maybe the form will start to take a hit because... Even as good a side as uh, Brendan Rodgers had at Celtic, they still went to the new camp and get zipped. You know, was it 7-0, 8-0? Yeah. Um, and it affected the league form uh, slightly. And, and that's that, that's where I think Celtic's concern will be. Um, but just now, again, as you say, go, go through, beat the team in front of you, 1-0 or 10-0, get the points on the board, you know, and manage to rotate a few players um, to, to, to give others minutes and things. He might 
he might line up completely differently in Europe. I don't know. Um, but in terms of the domestic, I mean, they were on fire against Kilmarnock last week. It was, it was, it was impressive to watch, to be honest. Um, and then obviously beating the team that will probably finish third in the league. You know, you just take the, the three points and go up the road. Yeah, and as I say, they won the over like they won the over like great. I thought they were a bit passive, but as you say, I've, mm. I've said it so many times. Scoring that early goal, it just it kills the game plan. I like the mm. ten men behind the Jeez. ball because what what do you do after that? You look, and Celtic are obviously they're very very kind of keep going movement back. swift. Their movement, movement swift. is very very swift. swift. Yogo is so key to the the way Celtic play. Yeah. I just he's so his IQ I think is just terrific, and I think as well we, we spoke about this as well that. They've really got it kind of going, and the Jens has come in. He's obviously scored two goals. He's, you mean Starfield? If Starfield's out of the team, Jens can come in. If Taylor, obviously, I don't know what's happening with the boy. Is it Burnaby? I think he, <laughs> like, I, 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 I imagine his pleasure. I think yeah, he has. I think, I think that was, but Greg, I mean, we spoke, we spoke about this. Greg Taylor was outstanding last week. Kept up. Yeah, he was un, he was unplayable last week. How many times have I told you yes, that? No, and I think that's what he's been doing. He was Kelly's best player under Steve Platt for about three seasons. But I think it's but that I'll thing be... as well. I think it's that thing as well. I think Scottish players, particularly at Celtic and Rangers, get so much unnecessary criticism just because yeah. they're Scottish. And yeah. I think he's beginning. But as I say, Greg Taylor maybe needed that player, to, that boy to come in and a bit of pressure on him. Yeah, and he's certainly fulfilling it because I wouldn't have him out of the team if it was. You know, but I think they've kind of got the balance right so far. But yeah, Celtic obviously top of the league with two two points clear of Rangers. We'll move into the championship. We'll go through the results quickly and we'll just get everybody's kind of result of the weekend. Partly Thistle four Inverness one, Arbroath one, Queen's Park two, Cove one, Air two, Morton nil, and Dino and Hamilton nil, Wraith two. Charlie, what result caught your eye in the championship? Partick Thistle. Partick Thistle on Friday night was an absolute brilliant game to watch. As much as Inverness were a wee bit uh, kind of off the pace and that side, but I thought Partick Thistle were very, very good. Um, having tipped them to win the league as well, um, they really zipped it about in the in the pitch and and kind of took Inverness to to the sword. Um, but the manner can on that, you wouldn't have thought Partick Thistle would have beat Inverness four one. The, the the goal you could hear Ian McCall's disappointment in his interview yeah. after for losing that goal Ken that's that's been a, an absolute spoiler on his weekend with regards to there so that would be that followed by Erie United that's a great result to go yeah, up to Cove and uh, I'm not saying the wheels have come off Cove's wagon that's terror that's not a nice thing to say for that side but they're really starting to to, to see when he, Paul Hartley's out and 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 we youngy out as well somebody to come in and McIntyre to come in and steady the shout the shot for them. So got air going away up there, getting a, a, a good result going top of the league. But my back to party thistle being the, the result. Wilson, what you got for the championship? <clears throat> I think Charlie stole both of mine there. I would have picked Partick as well, but as I say, much as it it pains me. Um old pal Graham Matthew, um I think air going up there and winning and going top of the leagues. Um great result for them. Uh, so as I say, I tipped Partick as well, same as Charlie at the start of the season, and I'm that's all sure stick with. I, I think going, you know, going to be up to Cove and winning is, is a good result for United as well. And that, that league will be very tight as well. There's no yeah, stand. I think it's going to be a really tight league as well. You like a Queen's Park beating a Broth, a Broth, I think, or I think, and I'm not going to say the bubbles burst, but I think there's a the problem is I think a lot of teams have found them out, and I think they know the way to play them, and I think Queen's Park obviously have. 
another team that show. I think Dick Campbell will be desperate, great friend, desperate to get a run in the show, great friend of the show. He'll be desperate to get a run going and get kind of back up that table. But League One, Airdrie two, Alloa nil, Edinburgh nil, Falkirk three, Kelty nil, Dunfermline nil, Montrose two, Clyde one, and Peterhead one, Queen of the South four. Wilson, before we get into the result, did you happen to see the Falkirk fans view at Edinburgh on Saturday? I did, I saw it on Twitter. I didn't. Aye, that's aye. It's, it's, it's a wee bit harsh, you know. I remember Falkirk couldn't get the Premier League years ago because of their stadium. I'm thinking, what if this team um, go up? But yeah, it's, it's a shocker that, and you know, it'd be paying £2 for that view, never mind probably 15 to £20 they had to pay. But I would have picked that one as my result, Falkirk. Yeah, so you know, I think John McGlynn, good manager, I think I predicted them. I think I predicted them last year they won the league right enough um, but they, they were my pick this year but that was a good result for them despite the view for Charlie what do you think uh, League One what was your result I, I'm going for a I'm going for a long travel as well I thought Queen of South going away out with Peterhead uh, and the manner obviously don't know anything about the game uh, having not seen any reports but to go up there and win and it looks as if it's won comfortably as well so that'd be a good one to steady and get Willie Gibson's uh, confidence up again. League 2, Stenhouse Muir 1, Dumbarton 3, Elgin 2, Stranrath 2, East 5 1, 4 for 0, Bonnie Rig 0, Albion 2, Annan 1, Stirling 2. Charlie, I'll start with you. Result of League 2? Oh, Stirling going away, didn't he, Annan? <laughs> I don't know who done the opposition analysis in that game. <laughs> Do you think, obviously, I'm quite surprised where Annan starts so far because they were ripping it up in that Premier Sports Cup, but they've only three points with, is it four, three points with four games so far? Uh, Annan, yes, I, yeah, three, second bottom um, for there. And the funny thing about it was the um, the beat Stenhouse um, Muir, who, who everybody was kind of thinking they were. Yeah. They were going to be there for the league with regards to that side. But uh, again, uh, Dumbarton. Dumbarton are playing yeah. well. There's a confidence there. Stevie Farrell spoke to him in a pre-season match. And, and again, he's got a few good players in. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a great start. And I don't care what any level of football, if you get away to three, four, five, winning, start, winning games on a trot, it starts to get that wee bit of distance between everybody and the confidence. Players' confidence is, is brilliant. And the supporters are happy as well. And that also as well gives you a wee bit of breathing space if you do have a wee dip in form for one game. Yeah, Wilson, League 2, quickly before we get into your hot take for the afternoon. Well, I, just, I always look out for Sunrise's result because Jamie Hamill's there. So a wee draw away. Is that one of the longest journeys in football, Sunrise? It must be, it must be close. It must be. It must, be close. <laughs> must be right up there. So the boys are fair, probably I think, still, I think still in the Campbell and going to Colsyth, I think the West, I think must be up there. Campbell and, that, sorry? Campbell and pupils, Campbell and pupils, Campbell I think pupils. go to Colsyth. Didn't they three well. Rovers, didn't they? Aye, Campbell. three Rovers they... as well, yeah. Oh, jings, man. Well, so the boys on the Strenard bus still coming back for Elgin. I've picked you as a result of the day. I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Albion beating Bonnie Rig. I mean, Bonnie Rig was a great, a good start. That was obviously a first defeat, but Albion really needed a result. They lost their first three games going to Bonnie Rig and winning two. Now was a big result. Wilson, the the thing I've been looking forward to most in the show, we've gave you a hot take subject to go on. You've got two minutes to talk about a subject that's caught your eye in Scottish football and give your overall opinion on it. So I'm going to sit back for two minutes and let you go. 
Well, it's not going to take two minutes because I'll be seeing the smoke coming out Charlie's ears as I go on about it. But I had a, I had a wee look in, um, of the refereeing decisions over the weekend, most notably Easter Road and um, Dingwall. Surely for me now that for all firm games especially, um, you need to be bringing in foreign referees. I think the pressure now on Willie Collum, I'm heard, I'm led to believe I haven't seen it. Scott might be able to think me. You know, I saw a stat on Twitter today um, about Celtic conceding 11 fouls yeah. today and no booking. Hearts concede 12 fouls and it's you know seven, seven bookings in total, whatever it is. And as I say, I think the undue pressure. Now, as I said, we talked about it at the start. If Willie Collum can come out and say, I made a mistake, I'm in the wrong position, you know, I'll try to do better. I'm touch on what that should uh, signify later. But in terms of the pressure now on the referees, surely it's time now. I, I know that um, some of our referees are sent to Egypt or Cyprus or Greece to referee, you know, big games out there that maybe the, the, the local referees, I'm not saying they can't cope with, and I'm hope I'm not coming across that the referees can't do old firm games for their benefit, not not to handle them. Because guys, I think previously uh, when the referee strike was on, I think guys from Israel were coming in, referee the game, and and away home with with absolutely no allegiances, no pressure, nothing like that. And and I think that's the way it's got to go because again, you're going to get the maniacs. Then and we don't condone this, of course. But after that performance on Saturday morning or Saturday early afternoon, Willie Collins will probably receive death threats of some kind. As he'll probably get abused. He'll probably get. You know, you might not get a high-profile game next week, you know, and it is, again, I know we touch on human error. And as I say, I think the, the intensity, you know, fans are going at now with these referees. Um, I think it's time to bring in foreign referees and start them off at the old firm fixtures um, just, to, just to see if there's any, um, any, it gets any better. You know, I don't, I don't think it'll get any better in terms of, you know, if there's still a red card penalty decision, whatever it is. You know, and I think the worst thing that's going to happen um, is when VAR is introduced, can you imagine, and let, let's just say, we'll just use Willie Collins, he spoke about him all night, Willie Collins is standing in front of the old jungle at Parkhead or the govern stand waiting to make a penalty decision. You're not telling me that the, what's going on behind or in front of him isn't going to influence that decision. So for me, Charlie, foreign referees for old firm games. Charlie, do you want a response to that? I can, I can understand, and it's a it's a repetitive question because every season, referees' ability is questioned with regards to the the consistency. The consistency uh, is the, the the talking point, as we have saw different decisions res, resulting from the same incident. But surely you've watched games in UF and European football and you've saw European referees make mistakes with the use of VAR, etc., etc. We look at England and we see their mistakes as well. I just think it's the nature of the beast that we will always have the difference of opinion. There is times when that opinion can be corrected and VAR's coming into that. 
and I read a worrying statement stroke comment uh, during the week about Luigi Kalina being the head of FIFA wants to bring VAR into more incidents where there is concern. And now, are we going down the road that it doesn't matter who's going to be standing in the middle, we could potentially referee it for the side of the pitch for there. Yeah, Mark, you'll always get that. There was referees when no, I, I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, high level rest premiership, Kalina, <laughs> if you want to talk about him, make mistakes. I'm talking about for the welfare of the referees because Scotland isn't a big place, you know. And as I say, I look, I look at the transfer over of their refs going to Greece, Egypt is under a cloak of darkness. Why, why, do why you, can yeah. that be reciprocated back here to take the pressure off their referees? Because what could happen? Willie Collin could go and do, I, I don't even know, Panathinaikos via Olympiakos and have a 10 out of 10 performance. Every every decision he, he gets correct, right? Now, again, pushed out some folk unhappy. He's made a few errors yesterday. And as I say, he's, he'll be absolutely chastised, you know? And, and as I say, when it comes to if that was, I mean, Hibs Rangers is probably as close to a, an old firm game as you maybe get. Um, it's, it's, it's more for the protection of our referees rather than, you know, criticising them as such. Would, would it make it better? Would it make it acceptable that after Willie's performance on Saturday, that you saw there was some sort of punishment to Willie? I.e. Well, I've, 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 I've said this in this channel for, for the whole time it's been going on, and I know Scott thought of an agenda against Bobby Madden. Um, but if, if these decisions, right, and again... So how many decisions did we talk about? Six decisions in the Hibs game. How many did we think were right? How many? How many did we think were wrong, Charlie? No, Just in a, my opinion, there's only yeah. one wrong, and that's the Lundstrom one. Yes, right. The so other, the other are down to opinions, right? So would getting the Lundstrom one wrong be worth the punishment of Willie Collum having the Stuart and New Farm game this week? Is that his? Is that his punishment or? Do you take him out the line like two weeks off, Willie? You know, I, well, I it happened I, to him before. It happened to him before. Well, that's after that's, an old firm game. He was took out the line like. Was the same with Cal, was it Callum Murray as well? Did he not get that as well? Callum get Callum get took out the line light as well. Yeah. Was, was, was it, it the whole? I get, Dougie, I get put in the darkness. I get was it Dougie McDonald as well? Was it Dougie McDonald? I think as well after the the striker. Dougie McDonald. Uh, he caused. Uh, Aye, he went and... Aye, he gets back to tell him. But that's is that no like I I get Wilson's point, and I think I think you would eliminate a lot of controversial. The only thing I would the only thing I would counter to that is a lot of Scottish officials would say, well, if we're not going to get a chance of getting the old fun games, we won't be here. Yeah, yeah that, that, no, that was, that was one I put of my next hand one. up. I was one of them. I, I was not, one of them, and I put my hand up. But is there no, is there no way we can better? I get Wilson's point about the welfare thing, and I do. I think that I wouldn't have liked to be at the centre of an old firm game. And again, remember John Beaton after the the Rangers Celtic game a couple of years ago, where he was getting death threats in his house. Basically, I get, I get the welfare aspect. But Charlie, is there no way we can bring a better level of? competence to these referees is there no better way we can make these referees better and I know the money isn't great for a referee the part time aspect and all that but is there no way that we can get a better level of official coming through 
we can get players coming through at a good level. There must be a way if people want to be officials, there must be a better way to do it. There must be a better way they can go down as opposed to what well, you've got you've got to put the fear factor into it then for that side of things. And we talk about players, no every player's going to get to the first team. And from that point of view, that's a fear factor. So you need to work hard. We know no every referee is going to get to grade one. But Willie Collum's so long at grade one now. Any mere mistakes, Willie, and, and we're moving you to the side. There's a fear factor there to go out and try and do your best. Yeah. But also to the negative side of things, there's no a lot of referees coming through um, for that. And that's where you might end up. You're actually seeing in grassroots football matches postponed or matches been put over because they can't get referees. So we're, we're taking it for that. And that, and this thing as well, Wilson saying there about the welfare of being just an old firm game. I mean, there's a game, and Wilson will know this better than me. There's a game last week where the referee and the Ayrshire amateurs get in his car and drove away because he was getting so much abuse. So it doesn't happen at every level. A hundred percent. I get that. I heard the story, but also there was no communication. Mm. I, I'm, I'm hearing from a second phase that the referee just had enough. Mm-hmm. There's protocol, there's procedures where you go to the secretary and say, look, see if you don't get those home supporters or away supporters under control, I will no longer be here. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm giving you the opportunity to deal. Can I just get in your car and drive away? And and I, get you need be, I get you need to be thick skinned to be a referee, I get that. But well, you also need to help yourself yeah. as a referee. You need to go out and help yourself and and, and try and, and get into the right. You'll see amateur referees turning up today games of football. And can I put it polite? Their body shape doesn't look that these guys are going to be all over the park. These guys are just going to sit there and therefore they're making decisions from 20, 30 yards away. On Don't the top that, level, <laughs> on the top level, every referee looks exactly similar, okay, for that side. So what is the mistakes they're making. It's the decision-making. Mm. It's in the right position. It's the right time in regards to that. Unfortunately, the mentality, the well-being comes with the job. What do you do to relax? You lock yourself in that. That, But you shouldn't, my opinion as well, you shouldn't be at the top level of refereeing games of football for 10 and 12 years. You should have a, you should get there when you're about 36, 37, and maybe have about five or six in the top. But that would be great if you had the conveyor belt coming through. But maybe that is, as you think, well, he must be grade one now for about up teen. He he must be. It's at least 10 years. It's at least 10 years. Oh, so it's more than that. Yeah. I I was was grade one for 10 years. Mm -hmm. and, And to me, that was too long. So you, you should only be at the top your players for, it was too long. for everybody it was too long, exactly. But you should only be at the top for so long, nogging on and on and on. And and often a wee tangent, you shouldn't be doing three and four cup finals. You should maybe day one uh, maximum you should day one maximum of two and then move on and give everybody else a chance. But there's no at the present moment in time, there's no fear factor in Scottish refereeing, as in you make a mistake, you're off. You make a mistake, you're away. And I think bring that back in and make it see visible, then that's that. Because I don't think Crawford Allen is strong enough 
to to implement that at the moment because of of who's at the top. Whereas if you do come in and you implement it, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to be moved to the side. I'm going to tell everybody you're moved to the side and um, for that because of this, this, and this. And if you come out and educate, of well, no every decision is a poor decision on the aspects of the referee. He might be in the wrong position and stuff like that. So if you take the David Monroe up at Ross County, right? He must have a clear view of that tackle. Why does he not think that's a red card when mm-hmm. everybody else thinks it's a red card? If that's your mentality and decision making, you have to change that. You have to go against it and say that's a red card. And every time that happens, it's a red card. And that needs to be forcefully put across. But you don't want to go down the avenue that you punt everybody out and you've got nobody coming through. Yeah, I think that's so you need to, thing, yeah. it's a fine balance. And the, bringing the foreign guys in, I wholeheartedly agree. But what type, at what level are you going to bring in? Because you're not going to get uh, Lojas from Spain mm-hmm. coming in today an old firm game when he could be doing a Barcelona-Real Madrid game. Sure, surely, you know, Michael Oliver would love to do an old firm game. I'm sure he would love to do it. But he's not going to, he's not going to give up a Manchester City... The old firm's a one-off. So if he's scheduled that week, we need a we need we need a a referee or a competent referee for the old firm game. So instead of you know, because because look at the other way, he might he might get Southampton v Leicester. I'm thinking, well, are they Celtic Rangers? You could trial it as one. You could trial it as one old firm game, but you would probably still get met with a wee bit unrest. But not today. The full four. You're gonna, you're, no matter what though, you're gonna get, you're gonna get some people who are never gonna change their mind. And that, and that, that's why I brought, I brought it up as a discussion mm-hmm. point. That's, mm-hmm. that, that, that's why I brought it up while, Ch- while Charlie's on because I, I, my, my biggest point with it is what Charlie said. Like if I was a 15, 16 year old trainee referee, and I'm thinking, I would love to be one day be in the middle of Hamden Celtic Rangers Cup final. You know, it's the same as a 16, 17 year old player probably thinks that I'd love to play in that. The referee will think. I'd love to referee that, you know. So you're kind of taking away the end game for them. Here's a thing that's probably um, common to both players and referees. How do you get to the top? How do you get into the first team? Has the player got the natural ability? Has the player got a mediocre ability and he's well-coached? Or is the player no well coached? Has the referee played football at a certain level? Has the referee never played football? Is the referee well coached? Or is the referee not well coached? So they're probably awakening similarity of how a player gets to the first team and how a referee gets to the top level. Wilson, quickly, are you watching Rangers the best of luck away in Poland on Thursday? Hey, absolutely not. Always been a big fan of PSV Eindhoven, one of my favourite Dutch teams. Um, I'd, I'd love Van Nistelrooy as a player. Like, it looks as if he could still play, to be fair. Yeah. But I, I must admit, what, what I, I honestly really enjoyed that game um, through the week. I, I, thought, I thought it was excellent. Totally toast stuff. Um, I think a lot of folk have written Rangers off um, because they didn't win at Ibrox, which is usually a European fortress, but 
I don't know. I, I think this could maybe go all the way, this one. Um, and again, I mean, Scott, you'll probably, you'll certainly know better than me. If, if they, for example, if they got another kind of run like they did last year in the Europa League, does it kind of, is it similar money for the Champions League group stages? I don't think it's far off. Like I was kind of doing a bit of, I was kind of reading a bit of that as well. I think there's about seven million of a difference. I think is it, guaranteed. I, I think, and yeah. like, but again, that's but the Champions League. Like there's Rangers. Of, of course it is. Of course like, it is. But... I and I think it's a big thing for players as well. Like you're talking about Morelos want, wanting to stay and things like that. Like I think there's talk today that Kamara's in his way out. If Rangers get that Champions League, that's that next level of progression. For, okay. but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing. But I think so Scott, I'm... Scott, here's a here's a here's a here's a question for both of you then. So would you rather Rangers got the six Champions League group games and out or out and then a run to the Europa League Cup final? The six Champions mm. League games boost the coefficient. We're not interested in the coefficient, Charlie. You need, you to, two teams in... you need to check my Twitter page for that carry on. You want, two, you want two teams into the Champions League every season, whether it be straight into the group stage or the qualifying with regards to that setup. Even if they lose all six games? Yeah. Rather than maybe hmm. getting to a final of the Europa League? The final of the Europa League will benefit the club more money because once you hit the knockout stages, you then... Dra- uh, Dramatically jump um, for that. I think the oh, it's hard. That's a hard one actually because see walking out to the Champions League music doesn't it have put hairs in the back of your neck. Oh, but that, oh, oh no, I know. I, I definitely you you know that, and I was telling. I, I, think, I, I think it comes down to like, your group. So for so for example, if Celtic or Rangers pull out a Real Madrid, I know it's not about Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Man City. Oh, Unbelievable Champions League yeah. every day of the week, but if you pull out Salzburg, Leipzig, and Stuarton, you know you're going. Wait a minute, what's, what's happening? Yeah, I wait. Kelo Rovers and you. And a lot of focus pull out Stuarton. You know, that's, I think that's what it comes down to, to. To be honest, I think you obviously want to play against the best, but as I've said, I, I, I do. I do worry regardless of the group um, for for the for the Scottish teams. But right, quick predictions, quick predictions, Charlie. Give us a score prediction for PSV Rangers and Hearts in Zurich. Right, PSV Rangers, I think it will finish all square after the 90 minutes. And then I think Rangers will sneak it through an extra time um, yeah. for there. Uh, Hearts, Zurich, I think again, Hearts will bring it back to level and they'll go through in the tie. Um, whether it be an extra time or whether it be right to penalty kicks. But I think the two Scottish clubs will have a hard game, but they will progress. Big call for Charlie Wilson. Give us a quick score predictions. PSV Rangers, Hart Zurich. I'll go PSV on penalties, and I'll go Hearts Zurich one each. So I think both Scottish teams will not progress. I think... Um, and that's just because Charlie said they would. <laughs> I kind of think. I kind of think. I was. I was impressed with PSV. I really was, and I think like. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think. Yeah. The, I think the boy Gakpo I, as well. He's a. He's a talent. He's going to go and play. I. But in Europe, you've been impressed with Rangers as well. I know, but have you been? Have they? 
away from home, I think at home they're a different animal. I think away from home, I, th- I, just, I just don't know. I just don't have the confidence that they're the same team away from home. Borussia Dortmund. I, I know, I know, but... Who was, was the one Kemar Roof scored for the halfway line? Standardly edge. Yeah, no, they can do that away from home, but I just I, I just don't know about PSV. I think PSV could be a, a top team. I think PSV 2-1, and I think Rangers will be playing Europa League football. I think Hearts will be playing Europa League football with them. I'm going 2-0 Hearts. So I think Rangers and Euro- Hearts will be playing Europa League football. Again, it's interesting to see it. If you have got opinions, please leave them in the comments below. Wilson, pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure to be on with you two knowledgeable people. <laughs> Charlie, pleasure as always. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and wait till I get a wee bit more reading of the laws of the game. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Oh, tuned in. Thank- really appreciate it. We'll catch you all soon. Cheers.